somebody better than the other one. He anointed somebody better than me. Look at me. I am too short to be able to accomplish something. I, I, I am too, too, too skinny. I am, I, I am too stupid. I am too this. Am, and, and many times those are excuses that we come up with. Take for example, I, I wish I could play basketball. I said, I wish I was tall. I, I, I wish I had uh, 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 the talent. I wish, I wish, I wish. And probably the reason why I'm wishing is because maybe, maybe they make too much money. And so I look at how much I'm earning and I say, man, I, I, I wish I could do this better than them. And, and, and they send me a contract of this much and this much and this much. And, and so every time I go to play basketball, uh, uh, maybe a hundred thousand dollars is deposited, man, I'll forget all my problems. Huh? <laughs> I'll forget all my, my, my worries because I have the money and, you know, in the next five, ten years, I, I will retire out of life. And, 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 and most of us are not that talented. You know? And then, this scripture comes to us. This scripture comes to, 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 to us. And, and the scripture is saying, do you know what? Time and chance happen to all of us. But how come most of us say we didn't get an opportunity? How comes most of us say the door was not open? How comes most of us say, I, 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 I was on my way, but nobody really reached out and they helped me and, and encouraged me. I, 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 how many times we say, well, I was born on the other side of life. Or I, 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 I was raised by a single mom or by a single dad. And therefore, life was not fair to me. I, everything is at a disadvantage. why we see life like that because most of us think that opportunities come to us in the way that we see and we understand let me say again most of us think that your blessing comes in a way that is too open in a way that is too leveled in a way that is too too visible and they say wow glory hallelujah to the almighty God man I see money here oh glory glory hallelujah I, 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 I see a connection here oh hallelujah glory my God and my oh man God look at this jackpot I have just won today I, I played a lot of marks and a lot of this Man, all of a sudden, I have these millions of dollars. Many of us believe that opportunities come shouting and making noise. And yet, in God, sometimes opportunity comes to us in a paradox. <laughs> they come to us in a way that probably they don't look like 
yet when you embrace them by faith, your life changes. When you seize the moment, your, 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 your life changes. Look at a man like David, if I may use David as an example. He's been anointed, but he's not bold enough to fight in the battles of Israel. But he's anointed. He's anointed. Make no difference about the grace of God that is upon him. Because when he stands before Saul the king, he says these words. Your servant was attending to the to, 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 to the animals of my father, the, the sheep and the cattle. And all of a sudden, this bear comes. And I take out this bear with my hands. And another day, I was watching over them, and a lion came. And with my bare hands, anointed. So, time came, his brothers were enrolled in the army. The little guy stayed at home. But opportunity began to knock at the door. And how many of us will believe that was an opportunity? No, from, 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 from the way you look at it, it's like, no, no. And so, they battle goes on. 40 days pass. And so the father of David sent an errand boy to, 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 to the field to call David. I said, David, I want you to take some of this food to your brother. Please do. Please. And so the little guy picked up the bath and he carried it to the front like his brother. He's not fit for the army. He's too young for the army. And he's not even allowed to see battle. And so he comes. One of the most powerful opportunities. But he is hidden in a challenge. Mark that. When you look at the opportunity, like there's no opportunity here. <laughs> I hear I, I, I miss somebody. There's nothing here. And so, as he brings the food to his brother, all of a sudden, he sees a giant. And the giant began to make noise and to curse and to show kinds of blasphemy. And when the giant began to speak, everybody was running away from the giant. And then, he had somebody say, the king said, the king said, if any man slay that giant, he will be rewarded. And so now, David went to ask somebody who said, said what did the king say? He said, well, the king says, you, 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 will be, you will be the son of the Lord. And then he went to another and said, what did the king say? And then after the second one, his brother was behind him by the name Eliab. He says, but you are, you, 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 it's, you are naughty and you are so proud. You, you, you came here to watch battle. And then David comes to him and says, hey, excuse me, is there no cause? He says, leave me 
alone. You look at Goliath as a challenge. Yet David saw an opportunity to become. Ah, I wish sister, sister somebody would shout hallelujah. Your defining moment may not come like a defining moment. The, the, the way to your blessing may not look like the way to your blessing. And that's why most of us miss these moments because we are looking for something that we understand. We are looking for an easy way out. We, 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 we are looking for something that will console us. And we don't want to rise up and embrace these challenges of life. We, are not, we don't want to rise up and pray and fast. We, we look for an easy way out. And yet in those times of need, in those times of rise and tear, lies a big moment that will transform your life. Think about that. Think about what a great moment. If I was me, I would miss it. Seriously. Because I would look at this big bell. And everybody is running and I would say, oh, excuse me. Uh, Elia, I'll, I'll see you when the battle is done. <laughs> uh, then he looked at Goliath and said, oh, this guy is too big not to miss. I will not miss because the size itself. When I throw the stone, I cannot miss. Whichever way I throw the stone, because it's too big not to miss. You know what I just said? Too big not to miss. Other people are looking at Goliath and they say, it's too big to kill people. They said, no, it's too big not to kill. Think about that. Because the Bible has told us in the book of Ecclesiastes that time and chance happen to us all. When you look at his size, you think it's not an opportunity. When you look at his experience, you come to conclusion he cannot make it. I, I, I hear it. The Goliath that I face and you face, those are the most opportunities that are waiting for you. The community center we are talking about, that's the most powerful opportunity that is waiting for you to bring an increase of finances, to bring an increment of things in your life. To raise you from being fearful to becoming a man or a woman of faith and boldness. And yet most of us look at that giant and say, wow, it is too big, we can't do it. No, it is too big for us to enlarge our faith and, and bring a blessing. Some of us, our marriages are connected to the community center. 
Some of us, the houses that we want to build or to have or to buy here or at home are connected to the community center. Because when we believe God and we saw some beautiful, wonderful seeds, who knows how that will turn around to be a turning point, a turning, a turning point for somebody's finances. But also it might turn out to be a turning point for your faith to be strengthened. Because now you have believed God for a million. There's nothing that can stop you now from believing God for a million. Because now your faith has grown. And your faith now can bring God on the scene. Your faith now can change everything about you. But you look at it and say, oh my goodness, this is too big. We are going too far. We can't take this on. We can't do this. No, 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 no. We need to look at the reward. What is in this for us? What, what, what happens if this giant is destroyed? What happens? What happens if at the end of the day, the land is bought and the community standard stands tall as a testament of our faith? What happens? What happens? You tell me after we have We've, 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 we've born it or we have birthed it into existence. Can, can we fail to believe God for apartments? Because at the end of the day, it might cost, let me say, 20 million. And you simply need 500,000 to get an apartment. Now, your faith, your faith has been so challenged and your faith now has been so rooted and so now you have come to a place where you believe God for anything and so that is a benefit but you know the devil tells you it cannot happen the devil tells you you have no money your flesh tells you you are taking it too far your, your mind tells you we have seen many like your kind that will not stand. That will not fail. No, sir. No, sir. The Bible says if we can believe, all things are possible. Opportunities that will bring a defining moment to you. They come to you in a paradox. They come to you in a form of a challenge. They come to you in a form of, of a question somewhere. And then you sit down and wonder, can really God hear me? And then you sit down and wonder, is God faithful? And then you sit down and wonder, did really God created me to suffer? Yet, if you believe God and you see the faithfulness of God and you see that God is wiser than you and you take God on that and say, God, you sinned and you pray and you fast. 20 days pass, you pray and you fast. 30 days pass, you pray and you fast. 40 days pass and at the end of the 40 days, God shows up. That will forever mark your life and that will forever change your life. And yet, every challenge that comes my way, I see it as God doesn't love me. And God
God loves you so much because he wants you to come to a place where you can trust him and believe him so that he can do something for you so that at the end of the day you can testify to his glory. I want that to sink in your spirit because we miss defining moments because they don't make noise when they are happening. Sometimes they antagonize our small space. <laughs> my small thinking, my way of life, my little income. Sometimes God wants to take you to a six-figure income. And you say, well, says, okay, when you learn to give your time out of the little things you have, then I will increase it. And Jesus taught us and said, he that is faithful in the little things, he will be faithful also in much. And, and, and that is a process. So he allows you to, to have money to give. And all of a sudden, he creates the challenge. So now, <laughs> now you have to decide. Are you going to give this money? Or you are going to solve your problem on this money? You are just saying, you add $500. And out of that $500, you're going to give whatever you're going to give. Maybe $100 or maybe $50 as your time. All of a sudden, you have a need that needs $600. And God is watching. And then you begin to calculate. And then you begin to say, okay, um, no. Um, um, um. Now, I'll spend my time on my next check. Because the money doesn't add up. The budget doesn't add up. And God allowed a challenge to see if you can trust him. And, and, and in your giving is your breakthrough. And you stop or you refuse to do something that will open the windows of heaven to release a blessing. And God is watching. And by the way, God will not allow you to another class if you don't <laughs> you don't sit your exam in this class and pass it you will make sure you repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat until you pass you are just saying because God is not in your realm of limits he doesn't operate like that and he's a responsible father I hear him in somewhere. And we need to understand that. And so a challenge comes. And then you begin to say, well, I'm not giving it. I'm not giving it. I, I, I'm not giving it. This is the only man that I have this church business. Church business. Every time we go to church. And sometimes that even stops you from coming to church. And God is saying, okay. We will meet somewhere. We will meet. You don't come to church. Okay. But in this life, there will come a time when you will bow. Please, God, help me. And God says, well back to primary one. 
I hear him is someone on the other side. It, it is important. It is important that we, we, we understand that everything that happens in life is a golden opportunity for us either to believe God or to sow a seed or to pray or to fast or to call. And sometimes God takes a little bit of time. And God is watching you. And God is looking and God says, okay, 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 I'm listening. But I'm giving you a moment that is going to change your life. Can, can, can you embrace it? Can you pray a little bit more? Can you sow your seeds a little bit more? Can, can, you, can, can you learn to confess my word? Can you learn to trust me a little bit more? Because, because without you growing in those principles, there's no way you can handle life. Now, I want you to look at a scripture like this one. If you have your Bible, go to the book of James. I want you to go to the book of James. Look at a scripture like this one. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Are you there? If you're there, say amen. chapter 1 from verses 2. It says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. How many of us can believe that? I have fallen into a challenge. Hallelujah! Glory! I have, I have a marriage problem. Oh, Jesus! Oh, thank you so much! What's the first thing that we'll do? Complain. What's the first thing we'll do? Accuse God falsely. What? We, 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 we shift blame. You, you know, this husband of mine. You, you know, this wife of mine. You know, the money problem. You, you, you know, you, you know, this and this and that. And, and then we will shift the mood into anger now, management. I'm, going, I'm not going to answer. And then, <laughs> or maybe we are in church and things are not moving the way they should. And then we begin to look at the pastor and we begin to say, that pastor, I'm leaving church. I don't understand the things of the church. Hallelujah. Instead of saying, glory, man, I just love my pastor. Amen. I just love that man of God. When he makes a mistake, that's why he makes me so happy. Because I know he needs God's grace. And therefore, the first thing I'm going to do, Monday morning, I'm going to dedicate 12 hours to pray and fast for my pastor. But your flesh tells you he has backslidden. And therefore, this is the time to, to, to curse him. This is the time to, to talk about him. This is the time to cancel him out. Or, and then we come with those spiritual thermometers. spiritual. Oh, he's not praying as he should. I 
end of the day, the devil now begins to use those kind of sentiments and those kind of attitudes to divide the church. Considering the devil is going to be failing very frequently when you divide the church. What you don't understand that after the devil has used you to divide that church, when you leave, you leave with the same devil. And, and, and because you've not learned how to deal with, with issues from the spiritual perspective, it's like you getting married and every time you, you have a challenge in your marriage, you are thinking of getting married to another person. You are thinking of divorce. Even the slight problem, I'm gone. I'm out of here. Which marriage, tell me, which marriage doesn't have a challenge? They may not be the same, but there will always be challenges. And so here the Bible comes and says, brethren, count it all joy. Walk in that church where I had a look at it. Mr. Becky, I understand you go to Pastor Becky. God answers prayer. He's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that can strengthen up this church. And I am glad that God says, I will not leave you alone, but I will send the comforter. Man, we are going to receive the comforter like we have never received before. Man, God is going to touch that woman. God is going to bless that pastor. God is going to strengthen him and is going to come out stronger and better. Hallelujah. And every time we meet pastor, I say, Pastor Eddie, we are praying for you. Man, God loves you. Be rest assured. You can count on us. We are in your corner. Do you know what that would, do you know what that would do to Pastor Eddie? He'll say, this one not that bad, eh? And the man will go back and say, okay, God, my Sunday, I'm going to preach better. Are, are you hearing me? But sometimes we don't understand those, those principles. And maybe sometimes God allows that to happen so that now we as a church get into a place of, of, of surrounding our man of God with our prayers and our love and our comfort. Because what most of us don't understand, it is very lonely at the top. And it's very easy for you to stand down here, see people up there, and you judge them. It's like me on being on my TV and watch my favorite team. And then I, I began to coach them on TV. I said, yeah, why did you, why did you pass that ball? You saw that man over there. Why did you pass that ball? It's very easy for you to say that. scripture the Bible say, count it what? Count it all joy. When you finally begin to die this temptation and the Bible gives you the result, the next verse. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation. Verse 3 is beautiful. What does it say? Knowing this, Jesus. Knowing that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Verses 4. But don't, don't disturb 
Don't interfere with the process of patience. Simply allow patience to be patient. Did you see that, Pastor Becky? Oh, I heard this before. No, no, no. No, please, please, please. There's a reason why God is allowing that. He, he says, but let patience have a perfect work. That after patience has done a work, you'll be perfect entirely and wanting And so your life now will have matured from being afraid, from being timid, and from, from rejecting evil. You see, that's God's wisdom for me. A big opportunity for me to change my spirit if I really genuinely genuinely care. And so God will allow some of the things to come. And it's up to the person. Every man under the sun. God gives opportunities. But the challenge with those opportunities, they don't come with noise. They don't come say, hey, hallelujah, here we are. Sometimes they come to you in the form of Goliath. Say, oh, can I handle this? I'm done. I'm gone. I'll never be with God for this. This will never happen. And then the devil and your mind and your flesh and everything around you and the noise around you begin to become bigger and bigger and louder and louder until you give up. And yet that would have been your defining moment in your finances. Defining moment in your studies. Defining moment in your walk with God. That would have defined you and refined you to be a man of character. To be a woman of character to be one of the most anointed person because what came your way pushed you into one of the most beautiful places. That is God's presence. Because for so long you slept. For so long you didn't pray. For so long you didn't read your Bible. Now God has allowed something to happen so that it brings you to a place of surrender. So that God can give you an I don't know what opportunity God is going to give you, but he says to every living soul, there's a time and a chance that you get. But the time and the chance is not your kind of a time. It's not your kind of a chance. I remember when we were about to leave for Kampala, we didn't have so much time of So I called him in the office. I said, Pastor.
embrace the challenge. The challenge has made him one of the best man of God in town. Pastor Eddie is like the spiritual 911. I'm on police, Pastor Eddie. Immigration, Pastor Eddie. I don't have a house, Pastor Eddie. They are beating on me, Pastor Eddie. We have somebody who has died in, in, in the We used to do that, by the way. But you know, there are certain things that people cannot teach you. In the spirit, you simply have to embrace them. You just have to be at the right time, at the right place, simply to pick them up by the spirit. There are things that you will never learn in school. It's only you being in certain things and in certain places. And sometimes life pushes you. And then you come to a place and say, okay, and what do you do? And right there is a big opportunity. Are you hearing me? Huh? To every living soul, opportunities and chances happens to each and every single one of them. But the problem with us is not because we are used to think that opportunities comes to us in ways that we can understand. See. The other day I told the brothers that on the 6th of next month we are going to raise an offering for the church in Uganda. Now, that's the day some people will say I'm not coming to church. <laughs> because when, they, when we come to church, pastor is going to say, bring a thousand. Instead of saying, hallelujah, it's still offering. Oh my goodness, I'm going to look for, you know what? Because that is an opportunity for God to change your finances forever. Because the Bible says, he that gives liberally shall receive liberally. And the Bible says, God is able to give grace. Look at that scripture. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Look at this scripture now. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Look at a scripture like this one. From verse 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 from verse 6. What does it say? But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposes in his heart. So let him what? Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Look at verses 8. What does it say? And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always have in all sufficiency, in all things, may abound every good work. Now, look how the grace comes to you. Now, most of us want to come to that place where the grace to abound in everything comes. But the process to that grace 
comes to us sometimes in ways that probably may be a little bit uncomfortable. But you know, we are in COVID times. You know, we don't have the money. And God is watching. He says, well, it is through your giving that I will be able to release grace for the house you want to buy. For your children in Uganda that will come. For your stability. For your breakthrough. The grace is here. But I only give grace for those that gives not grudgingly, but they give liberally. They give cheerfully. Do they have and this same church was not a church of need for salaries. And Paul was teaching this church to love to give. And he uses the example of giving, for example, in that same book of Second Corinthians. I want you to look at verses 1, chapter 8. Began to say, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit the grace of God bestowed of the churches of Macedonia, how that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. You see that? He says, I want you to know the grace that God released upon the churches of Macedonia. Why? Because they gave out of their deep poverty. But in their deep poverty, they gave liberally. To the extent, when you read the next verse, verse 3, it says, For to their power I bear record, yes, and beyond their power, they are willing of themselves, praying us with much entreat that we should receive the gift and take it upon us, the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. To the extent that when they began to raise this offering, Paul said, no, that's enough. We are not taking it because we are too poor. Think about that. And they said, you know what, Paul? You either take this gift or we are not taking it back. Think about that. But he testifies and says, look at the grace now. This opportunity is coming. That will bring divine encounters that will bring you up in ways that probably sometimes are very uncomfortable in our situation. They make us But when we embrace them and we believe God, divine encounters or defining moments take that changes our souls, that changes our lives forever. Now, let's look at the last example. There are many in scripture, but let's just look at one of our scripture. Let's go to the book of Gospel of John, chapter 11. 
Verses 1. The Bible begins by saying, Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard it, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified. Now, verses 5 says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. But the love he had for them did not stop Lazarus, is all I'm going to say, did not stop Lazarus from dying. words he said, this sickness is not unto death, but the glory, for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified. Did not stop Lazarus from dying. But in that experience, in that grand opportunity, when Lazarus would rise from the the entire nation of Israel would be shaken to the core. And nobody saw that coming. Are you hearing me? Nobody said, wow, this is going to transform the entire community. This is going to do something. No, 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 no. When Lazarus died, Mary began to cry. Uh, her mother began to cry. And Jesus stayed in that place for some more days. Now, when you go down, go to verse 7. No, verse 6 is very interesting. It says, When he heard therefore that he was sick, he abode to the still in that same place where he was. Then after that, he said to his disciples, Let us go into Judea again. Verses 8. His disciples says unto him, Master, the Jews of let sword to stone thee, and goeth thou hither again? Jesus answered, Are there not yet twelve hours in that day? If any man walk in that day, he stumbled not, because he see that the light of the world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbles because there's no light in him. They think, said he after, he said unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may wake him out of the sleep. Then disciples said, Lord, if he is asleep, he shall do well. How but Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking rest in his sleep. Then 
said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Now, everybody read verses 15. Huh? What did he say? He says, but I'm glad. You are glad? You are happy? Huh? Really? Huh? Huh? It's like what James told us. Uh, count it all joy. You see that, Pastor Peggy? Ah, glory, hallelujah, Lazarus is dead. Your friend, Lazarus? scripture in uh, one of Pastor Ines' favorite version, message. Verses 14 and 15 of John chapter 11. What does it say? Then Jesus became explicit. Lazarus died. And I am glad for your sake that I was there today. You are about to be given new grounds for belief. Oh, hallelujah. Ah, ah, can, can we read all that together, please, loud? Then Jesus became explicit. Lazarus died, but I am, I am. I am glad for your sake that I was known there. Why? Because you are about to be given new grounds for believing. An opportunity that doesn't look like an opportunity because it is wrapped in death. And so if you fear to, to believe God, to raise Lazarus, then it will look like God is dead and God is not working. But if you rise up in faith, man, this is going to change everything around you. Defining moment. This is one of the defining moments in Jesus' life and ministry. And so eventually, Jesus comes. Look at verses 20 in that same chapter. He comes. He comes. What does it say? Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met with But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, If you'd have been here, I said, glory, Lord, you are so wonderful. I am next in line for my miracle, for my lifting. 
my increase. Everyone in my house, everyone in Toronto, everyone in Dominion Church will know that God is still in the blessing business. And therefore, I'm not sad. And therefore, I'm happy. I'm happy. That's why the Bible says, in everything, give thanks. Martha has a problem with Jesus that So, finally, a miracle happens. Amen? That miracle happens. The entire nation is shaken. But when that miracle is about happen, nobody could sense or see Look at chapter 12 now. Verses 1. Powerful verse. It says, verses 12, chapter 12, verses 1. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him suffer, and Martha suffered, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table. See that? So he comes. Now when he comes, look at verses 9. Everybody read. Ah, read, please. What does it say? Much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there. And they came not for Jesus' sake only, but they might see Lazarus whom he had raised from the dead. Verses 11. Because that by the reason of him, many of the Jews went and believed on Jesus. On the next day, much people that were come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming, coming, coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees, went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna blesses the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. Verses 17. The people therefore that was with him when he called Lazarus out of the grave raised him from the dead bear record. For this cause the people also who met him, for they heard that he had done this miracle. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, perceive ye how we prevail not. Behold, the world is gone after him. One miracle shook the establishment of the entire state, the religious established, the social established. Everybody now began to realize that, hey, wait a minute. This is a prophet. And when you read in between, you find out that some of them were saying, well, this is a prophet. He has come. And they were saying all kinds of things. 
about this Jesus and what was happening. And a lot of things were happening in there. Draw me close to you and never lay me close. I lay it all down and again to hear you say that I am your friend. You are my desire. no one else will take because nothing else will take your place just to feel the warmth of your embrace so help me find a way that will bring me back to you your And your role I've ever needed. Your role I want. Help me know you. Ah, that, that will change your prayer life. That, 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 that sickness will change your prayer life. That, that, that challenge will change your prayer life. That marriage challenge will, will change. See it as an opportunity to know God. See it as an opportunity 
to learn how to trust. See as an opportunity to, to help you be rooted in your faith that nothing else moves. That nothing else matters. Jesus, now you are the center of my life. You are my number one desire. You are my rock now. You are my fortress now. You are my strength. You are my banner. You are my shield. You, you, you are my hiding place. You are my light. You are my salvation. Now everything around you changes because you are not leaning on anything that you know. You are not trusting anything that you know. You have moved your eyes from the norm. You have moved your eyes from your challenges now. You are focusing them unto the God of your salvation. Whether it is for me, whether it is a challenge, whether it is an opportunity to give or take that gift. And who knows, maybe your giving is what will help you find it. Who knows, maybe your time of praying and fasting is what God is going to use. Who knows, maybe you are honoring to the man of God. You are honoring to your pastor. You, you, you are honoring to, to, to the church. You are honoring to your parents. Who knows? God will use all those opportunities. And some of the opportunities will come. Not in the way that you understand. But at the end of the day, God is wiser. God is smarter. Look at this triumph entry. And the entire city is moved. 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 in a need you have to it is eaten in a prayer you're going to pray for somebody some of you God is about to release you in the healing ministry but he's bringing you to a place where you have the passion and the burden and the compassion to pray for the people that are in need and when you do that something will be birthed in your spirit that will call upon God to a greater grace to a greater anointing just in case you don't understand that. Through this, you are to find it. You will miss it. To every living soul on this planet called Earth, there is a time and a chance 
chances and times don't come to you the way you find it. They don't come with noise. Sometimes they come in packages of being forsaken, being left alone. Look at Jacob and the Bible said, and he was left alone. And being left alone, he knelt down. He says, oh God, look now. I came with my family. I came with my flocks. But now, everybody is scattered. going to slay all my children. He's going to listen. God said, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I've been waiting for you at this moment. I've been waiting. Jacob, I'm so happy. And God did something he had never done before. God comes in the person called an angel. Think about that. And then Jacob began to look at this man. And, and somehow this man began to, 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 to challenge him. Until Jacob could not take it anymore. The man who was praying now is beginning to wrestle with the man. <laughs> and God began to wrestle Jacob. And they wrestled until morning. Until they break. And then angel says, please, it is too much. I, I have to go. And says, no, no, no. You, 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 you can't go until you, you, you bless me. And then the Lord asks, what is your name? And he says, my name is Jacob. And he says, from today, you are no longer Jacob. You are Israel. For you have fought with God, and with men you have prevailed. When he left that place, he was a changed man. But look at the way he came. Where can I go? You are my rock. 
done so much in my own strength. I remember stealing the, the blessing of my brother, knowing that I am so wise. God, I want you to know it was not even me. It was my mother who pushed into this. But now I'm the one suffering. Is there mercy in your heart? Can you do something for me? King of glory, hear my cry. I can't do without you. If you do not help me, nobody is going to help me. My brother is going to kill me. And then he's going to kill the children. Oh God, what about those wonderful promises that you gave to me when I was on my way to, 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 to labor this place and you showed me a ladder from heaven and the angels of God ascending and descending. Oh God, I promise that if you bless me, I will come back to that place and I will offer my sacrifice. But now I have a challenge that is bigger than me. I have a challenge that I cannot handle. But with your God, all things are possible. Come through for me, oh God. I'm not leaving this place until you bless me, until you do something for me. Oh Lord God of my salvation, God, you have been a refuge for all generation. There's no one that comes to you genuinely in repentance and you do not show him mercy. Let me receive the mercy from you. Oh, Jesus, son of the living God. And he prayed and he cried and he prayed and he cried and God says, well, I'm still waiting. Hallelujah. Jacob, you are here. And Jacob is crying and God says, yes, I hear you. Yes, I hear you. Yes, I hear you. Yes, I hear you, Jacob. And all of a sudden, God shows up. And God shows up. Where's Mr. Mukisa? Mukisa, come here for a minute. Eleven passes. Midnight. <laughs> they are wrestling. Jacob is very uncomfortable. God is wrestling Jacob. Sometimes he puts him in the ground and he picks him up. And they are wrestling. They are wrestling. They are wrestling. All of a sudden, Jacob looks and it is coming to around six. And then God says, you know what, Jacob? Jacob said, no, 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 no. You cannot live until you bless me. And then God turns to Jacob and asks, Jacob, what is your name? He says, my name is Jacob. God says, I want you to know. From today, you shall not be called Jacob. You are going to be called Israel. 
words up to today stands that there is no nation that fights Israel as up to today. Look at their history and that happened because there was a man by the name Jacob who was pushed into the presence of God by what seemingly was a when he seized the moment in prayer, Israel as a nation was born. Thank you, Jacob, where you can go. You are Israel. Jacob, I'm going to give you a little Hosanna in the highest. Lord, we lift up your name. With a heart filled with praise. Be exalted, O Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Lord, we lift up your name. With our hearts filled with praise. Be exalted, O Lord. Hosanna in the 
with the hearts filled with praise. Be exalted, O Lord, my God. O Zana in the highest. Heavenly Father, we exalt your name, we bless your name, we honor you. 